The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Well, it's not uh, news that Donald Trump won the South Carolina primary, home of his only remaining rival, former governor and UN ambassador Nikki Haley, by almost a two-to-one margin. Uh, but what is news is the fact that Donald Trump managed to tally the most votes of any presidential candidate in either party in the history of the South Carolina primary. Here to help us break this news down and perhaps talk about the way forward is my co-host, Troy Smith of Slingshot News. Troy, welcome back into the Stone Zone. Roger, it's an honor to be here. Uh, and, and after such a historic South Carolina victory for President Trump, I'm eager to get your thoughts on those results and, and the kind of defense we're seeing of Nikki Haley. I think a lot of people expected her to talk about dropping out. She kind of did a teaser a speech where she pretended like she was going to drop out before the primary to get Fox News and others to cover her. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on her strategy going forward. And does she really have a chance? I mean, why, why is she remaining in the race here, Roger? Well, before we do that, Troy, uh, I love the way virtually every day Dan Bongino posts the date and says, today is today's date, and Joe Biden is still the worst president in American history. Just remind <laughs> folks uh, how out of it Joe Biden is. Take a look at this clip. And you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait of the man behind me here. He, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. He said, the better angel, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. And we do and we do well to remember what else he said. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle of this is in the, in the part of the Civil War. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies. Folks, and I've been around. I know I don't look it. I've been around a long while. Though. <laughs> and. Uh, I mean this sincerely. We've gotten, politics has gotten too bitter. Uh, this guy never disappoints. He says he's going to get the, the quote exactly right, and then he doesn't even get close. What, what's really amazing about this South Carolina victory is I think it is absolutely clear, as you say, Troy, that there is no way forward for Nikki Haley. A huge uh, speculation today that she's laying the groundwork for some kind of an independent effort, uh, that she perhaps would bolt to the so-called no parties label. Now, for those of our viewers who are unfamiliar with no parties, uh, it is uh, a rather well-funded uh, and long-serving operation to uh, use the petition process to get an alternative candidate for president on the ballot 
in all 50 states. As we've talked about many times here on the Stone Zone, that's a Herculean task. It is extraordinarily expensive. Uh, it is uh, forces you to adhere to a group of arcane and complicated rules. The time period for the selection of petitions is very compressed. So you have to collect a very large number of petitions in most states in a very compressed time frame. It's extraordinarily different. Case in point, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., scion of one of the most famous political dynasties uh, in the United States, is reportedly having real difficulty petitioning his way on the ballot as an independent. Well, the other problem for Nikki Haley uh, is that uh, there are what we call sore loser laws. Most states have a law that says if you contended in the state primary for an office, in this case, president, uh, you cannot later and lost the primary, uh, you cannot later come back and petition your way on the ballot to run in that state as an independent. Presumably, Nikki Haley has gone ahead and filed in the Super Tuesday primaries coming up in March. That knocks out more than half the states or at least a, a third of the states. Now, some at no parties have argued that while that might block her from being a candidate for president, it would not necessarily block her from being a candidate on the no parties label for vice president. I'm not a lawyer, but actually that sounds right to me. But it leaves the no parties people uh, right back where they were without a well-known candidate for president who actually would pose an alternative. Uh, a number of Republicans contacted me on Sunday after the smoke cleared and Trump won an extraordinary victory uh, on Saturday in the South Carolina primary, concerned that Nikki Haley running as an independent would siphon Republican votes. I don't think that is the case. I think this is more like 1960, pardon me, 1980, when John Anderson, the liberal Republican congressman from Illinois, bolted the Republican Party to run as an independent, did get on the ballot in most states, but ended up taking most of his votes from Democrat Jimmy Carter. Uh, in the meantime, there's a broad denial uh, regarding uh, the magnitude and trajectory of the Trump campaign. What was it that you were telling me Jen Psaki had to say? Uh, well, that's right, Roger. She was on the air yesterday kind of claiming that Nikki Haley's uh, vote totals in South Carolina were alarming and they were highlighting a, tr a trend of anti-Trump uh, Republican votes. And I think that she uh, is, is purposefully obscuring the fact that it's an open primary and you can have other people voting in the primary. You pointed this out in New Hampshire, uh, South Carolina's got the same situation. So the anti-Trump vote, Roger, is, is, is huge because they have other people that aren't Republicans voting in the primary. And I want to make a prediction there as far as no, as no labels is concerned real quickly. Uh, no labels, I, I predict, first I predict that governor, uh, former Governor Larry Hogan, if he should win his Senate seat in Maryland, um, keep in mind, Roger, this is a guy who harbored a pedophile. I'm going to predict that he's going to switch his affiliation from Republican to no labels. 
And I think eventually the goal of these people is to use the Republican Party um, in areas where they think that they can win to infiltrate. And then much like uh, Cinema changed her affiliation, Hogan will change his to no labels. And that way they will kind of build a presence in, in Congress. And they're looking to draw power away from the Republican establishment. But uh, yeah, as far as uh, Saki is concerned and what she was saying about the Trump campaign, they're saying that Nikki Haley's uh, vote uh, in South Carolina proves something. Uh, last time I checked, Roger, she got trounced, like you said, uh, half the votes. Um, that's no kind of victory. And I don't believe in moral victories in politics. So it's pretty, uh, pretty clear cut. All right, we're going to be putting that prediction down uh, on Larry Hogan. Uh, Last I heard, Larry Hogan was running for the U.S. Senate in Maryland as a Republican, and there were actually some polls that showed him with a narrow lead. So are you saying that he will abandon the Senate race to make a futile race for president under the no labels uh, brand? No, no, that's not what I'm saying, Roger. I'm saying that if he were to win his Senate race, which he's currently leading in, that he's going to change his affiliation once he gets to the Senate so that he can have a no-labels presence. And this is important because if you look at the catbird seat in the Senate, Roger, that's what we call it, you look at the catbird seat, it's West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, who just happens to be involved in no-labels and is retiring at the end of this, uh, at the end of his term. So, all of a sudden the catbird seats open and anybody who's willing to wheel and deal with both sides of the political aisle is going to have the money seat, the catbird seat, whatever you want to call it. I'm predicting that that's going to be Larry Hogan. And it really, truthfully, Roger, if he were to win, you're not going to get what a Republican would vote for anyway. He's going to side with the Democrats on a majority of things like he did in Maryland with the lockdowns, uh, with the vaccines, uh, with with uh, anything, really. I mean, the Democrats had free reign when he was governor. And if he's elected to the Senate, that'll be the same position. I think he'll make it official, though, because he has been involved at the, at the ground level of no labels. And he will switch his affiliation to put that party in a position to gain more steam and power and influence and ultimately money. Because when you're looking at somebody like Larry Hogan, money is almost always the objective. Excellent political analysis by my colleague, Troy Smith. Uh, also in denial is uh, Larry O'Donnell. Now, this guy is a real pain in the ass. Uh, here he is uh, on uh, last night or night before last with his analysis that uh, the results in South Carolina essentially show that Trump is not going to be nominated. Let's roll this. 37 percent who category. voted Haley, who would they vote for in a general election? Lawrence needs to wait. I mean, this is like your sweet spot. How is Joe Biden so looking at this numbers, 37 percent? These numbers are disastrous for Donald Trump. Disastrous. OK, that's the reason I mentioned that the big forgotten number of South Carolina, which is Joe Biden getting 96 percent. OK, that's what you're supposed to get. All right. And Donald Trump's not going to come close to that. Donald Trump's going to leave. 30 percent, I don't know, 25 percent, whatever it is. Of 37 percent. Not yet. We don't know. We don't know what the result of this election is tonight. But it, it's going to be a very substantial number. Could be a third of the vote. He's going to leave that on the table, belonging to another candidate. All you need, all you need is 5 percent right. of the 30 yeah. percent. We're talking about a sliver. Yeah. That's all you need to not vote for Donald Trump. Of, of this representative kind of voter in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Georgia. And so th these are disastrous voting results for Donald Trump in the general election. Well, not South Carolina. He's, he's going to win South of Carolina. Course. But that voter, 
in the Haley vote package is represented in New Hampshire, is represented in these other states, and is represented in all the other swing states, Wisconsin, you need a tiny slice of them, and 10,000 of them. So uh, this is uh, not the first time Larry O'Donnell has become unhinged. Uh, here's a, a particular video that gives you some insights into this fellow's character. James Fellows and Josh Ernest, thank you both for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. Coming up. Is Donald Trump going to be called to testify to Congress? Michael Liskoff has the latest on that. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? I don't know. Where's the hammer? Is it on the uh, go up on the other floor? Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. I'll go down to the floor myself and stop it. Keep the commercial break going. Call Phil Griffin. I don't care who the you have to call. Stop the hammering. Empty out the control room and find out where this is going on. It's either there or there or out there somewhere. The woman talking in my ear was talking about the Labor Day special repeatedly every time we went to a SOT. Yeah, what do you mean in the conversation? Not in the Bush SOT, no. Out of control. So uh, this speaks exactly to what uh, you said. First of all, we've seen just now what an unbalanced character Larry O'Donnell is. But secondarily, he seems to miss the point that the only places where Nikki Haley has done well are those states with open primaries. Uh, and those people, yes, they're Joe Biden voters, but they're not really representative within the Republican primary. So there was a massive effort uh, in New Hampshire to flood the Republican primary with non-Republican voters. Now, while that is technically legal, actually it needed the approval of the New Hampshire Republican State Committee, which was never actually enacted. It has been enacted every four years until this year, but the Secretary of State allowed non-Republicans, independents, to vote in the Republican primary anyway. In South Carolina, any person of any party can vote uh, in the uh, Republican uh, primary. The Democrats had their presidential primary on a different day, but what Larry, Larry, Lawrence Larry O'Donnell fails to mention uh, is that the turnout for Joe Biden was anemic. Uh, first of all, of course, he got 96.6% of the vote. They've essentially cleared the field for him. He has no real opposition. He didn't have to run against, say, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or any real uh, candidate. So, uh, he, but his turnouts indicate that there is no uh, enthusiasm for his candidacy. Troy? 
Well, and Roger, you put the the best point I think there is that the anemic turnout for Joe Biden in Nevada and and in so many other places, people are not excited to go out for, to vote for Joe Biden. And you've you've been hammering this for two years now, Roger, that Joe Biden will not be the nominee. And I was interested to see uh, that there is actually a higher percentage chance. Um, if you go to the Vegas odds and whatnot, that Donald Trump will win the presidency, then the Joe Biden will be the nominee uh, of the Democrat Party, and and it's kind of, it's 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 really shaking out where the, the Michelle Obama st- thing is gaining steam. Uh, there were large pieces in the New York Times, in in the Wall Street Journal, and even if you watch M- MSNBC, they're like, oh, these pieces aren't helpful. They're not helpful. Um, you remind me, Roger, is the press supposed to be there to be helpful to the political candidates, whatever side they're on? Uh, it, it's not supposed to be helpful. It's supposed to be truthful. And the truth about Joe Biden is that most of the Democrats don't have faith that he can be uh, the president for the next four years. Uh, people are kind of I've, I've, I've even heard people insinuate, Roger, that saying a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for Kamala Harris is a racist dog whistle. They actually have said that on MSNBC, CNN, MSN, or uh, NBC. Uh, the, the large networks are saying that it's actually racist to claim that if you vote for Joe Biden, you're actually voting for Kamala Harris. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that people can watch Joe Biden. They can watch like the clip that we just showed, and they can see that this guy isn't capable of being president now or much less in the next four years. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the coverage of Joe Biden kind of switching up, Roger. I mean, it feeds right into what you've been saying for the last two years. Well, there's a major effort, really, to distract from the special counsel's report uh, just a couple weeks ago, in which the Biden Justice Department themselves essentially concluded that Joe Biden has severe mental deterioration uh, and uh, therefore should not be prosecuted. Well, if he should not be prosecuted for the illegal and willful retention of classified and top secret documents, then how can we trust him to have his finger on the nuclear trigger? Uh, this is uh, this is the 800-pound gorilla, uh, that, and they're desperate to change the subject. Oh, we have a uh, we have a nuclear threat from Russia in outer space. Uh, I didn't hear any more about that. Did you? I I heard we had one. Jake Sullivan rushed to say yes, we had one, but I haven't heard another word uh, about it. Oh, wait a minute, the whistleblower. Uh, who uh, who said that he uh, could detail payments from Barisma, the Ukrainian energy company, uh, ha- who has uh, been a 15-year paid uh, informant for the FBI, who's been a key witness in a number of other cases. Now suddenly he's been charged with lying, which is largely immaterial because the House Republican Oversight Committee exploration of the Burisma deal and the facts of the deal are indelible that Burisma was definitely paying Hunter uh, and Joe was definitely threatening uh, the Ukrainians uh, that they had to fire the prosecutor investigating Burisma. These are undeniable facts, but now the FBI seeks to change the subject. There's a massive effort to change the subject. This is one of my favorites. Uh, as they go and they become more and more hysterical. Based in Politico today, uh, no reporter will actually put their name on this. It's got it's from staff reporters talking about Trump's uh, dystopian next term. He's going to ban books. He's going to ban uh, uh, abortion. He's going to uh, uh, outlaw any future elections. All of these things are completely false. Here's a, a woman 
on MSNBC uh, talking. Her name is Sarah Matthews. I've never, ever heard of her. Here she is talking to uh, Jan Psaki on the next Trump uh, term. About that period of time, I mean, you have sort of this famous, I'm sure you did not intend for it to be famous, but moment where you are kind of waving around papers and saying, does it look like we're effing ahead? I'm paraphrasing here and not using the actual word. Do you worry that if he's reelected, he might try to hold on to the presidency again? Is that something we should all be talking about and aware of more? Yeah, I think it is something that we need to be very aware of is not just what would happen if he loses, but if he wins again. I mean, obviously, he, it would be his second term if he were elected again. And so you would think that he would be out of office. But I think that he would try to do anything to stay in power. And I think that's what's going to be so critical then is who he chooses for his vice president, mm -hmm. because obviously that person then would be in charge of certifying the next election and all of that. And I think that that is really concerning to me because obviously we've seen some of his potential um, VP picks out there auditioning, saying things like they wouldn't have uh, done what Mike Pence did on January 6th, that they would have not certified the election. And so I think it is something that reporters... Some of them were hiding behind desks on January 6th. We know who they are. Yes, exactly. And so it's really ironic then to hear them say that January 6th... Um, uh, rioters were hostages now mm. and use a language like that because um, I think we've seen that their statements um, in the immediate aftermath of January 6th show that their feelings then are very different than what they're saying today. Uh, there you have it. I mean, this is completely and totally baseless, uh, this idea that if Trump uh, is elected, we'll never have another election. Uh, once again, these are, you know, these are... Uh, the uh, the rules for radicals that we're so familiar with uh, put forward by Saul Alinsky. Anything they accuse Donald Trump of is precisely what they are doing. Uh, coming up shortly, one of the most dynamic congressional candidates I've ever seen, and I've been in this business 45 years, Kate Monroe, who is running in California's 49th district, uh, is a Marine, a veteran. She's a mother a businesswoman, uh, a advocate for disabled veterans. She's a published Christian author, a Fox News commentator, and she's a Republican candidate for Congress. Uh, she's actually done more uh, to seal our border. She's done more to help veterans than many actual uh, members of Congress. I, I must say, uh, she's the most dynamic candidate for Congress that I have seen in the entire 45 years uh, that I have been in American politics. Uh, she joins us uh, momentarily. Uh, if you uh, have a moment, I would ask you to please go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone, rumble.com slash Roger Stone, uh, and make sure that you are following us so you don't miss a single moment of our great programming here at the Stone Zone. Yesterday on WABC Radio, uh, I interviewed Tulsi Gabbard, uh, who in the wake of her extraordinary speech to the Conservative Political Action Committee, uh, has now stormed into contention as a potential vice presidential candidate. Now, I have not endorsed any candidate for vice president. That's a decision for Donald Trump to make. Uh, but I remind those who keep talking about 
Byron Donalds, who I like very much, uh, some uh, others mentioning Ron DeSantis, who, as you may know, I don't particularly care for, uh, others uh, pointing out the possibility of Marco Rubio, uh, who I uh, as have come to have a greater appreciation for. But um, this is a key point that people keep forgetting. Let me bring it up one more time. Under the 12th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, uh, it is not allowed or essentially uh, not prohibited, but a party would be penalized if you nominated a candidate for president and vice president who are both legal residents of the same state. While the Constitution does not say that you cannot do that, what it does say is that if a party did that and the party carried that state, they would be penalized and you would have to forfeit the 37 electoral votes of the state, in this case of Florida. So those who say, uh, well, I would love to see Byron Donalds as vice president, so would I. I think he's a very good man. But again, the rules uh, prohibit that. So uh, I want to clarify that. Now, uh, at last, uh, I'm really happy to have perhaps uh, the most dynamic and interesting candidate for Congress running in this entire cycle, Kate Monroe of California joins us here in the Stone Zone. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. And that's quite the compliment you paid me, and I appreciate it very much. Well, Kate, it's, it's, uh, I completely mean what I'm saying. I have watched what you are doing. Uh, again, reminding my audience, you're a Marine veteran. Uh, you're a mother. You're an accomplished businesswoman. You're an advocate for disabled veterans. You're a published Christian author. You've done commentary for Fox. Uh, and uh, I also remind our viewers that California has this unique uh, system, what they call the jungle primary, in which all candidates of all parties run in one election. There are no primaries. Uh, and then the two top vote getters uh, face off. So uh, this is pretty extraordinary. Uh, but you've already done more to secure the San Diego border than any member of Congress I can name. You also forced the resignation of one of the top and most powerful Democrats in San Diego. Let's take a look at you uh, here with Laura Ingram to lay this out. What good is a wall if you can walk right around the corner of the wall? I'm standing in America right now. And now I'm standing in Mexico. I'm gonna tell you what, if in Washington, you don't wanna come secure this border, I will do it myself. I will do it. Republican congressional candidate and Marine vet Kate Monroe doing what Biden refuses to do, secure the border. Kate used her own money to buy 400 feet of razor wire and then kind of plugged up a four-foot gap called the San Judas Break. She joins me now. Kate, it's such an outrage, number one, that you had to do this. Um, but that this is, sadly, this is a situation across much of our border where there's a maybe some type of obstruction. It's either fallen down or in disrepair and people just walk right through. 
Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. If you actually go down to the border and you see how small the hole is, it's laughable to hear somebody say, well, we need more money to patch it up. Well, you can literally get on Amazon, buy a little bit of razor wire and patch it up. It's absolutely criminal what's going on at the border. I got to think if Trump were still in office, if he were in, in office again, we'll get this border thing together, get the wall built, get it done. This is an absolute disgrace that has been done by this administration. And I wanted to show people, look, we don't have to go quietly into the night. We can actually get up and go do something. As a mom of a young son, I had to step up and, and actually do something to secure our nation. Kate, did you talk to any members of Border Patrol when you were down there at the border? Any, any thoughts from them about how this has deteriorated? Oh, for sure. We, we talked to them and I told them exactly why I was there. I said, I'm here to secure that hole in the border. I saw it on 60 Minutes and I said, how have we not secured this little bitty hole? It doesn't seem that difficult. And when they realized who I was and that I was running for Congress as a Republican, they pointed me exactly where to go. I said, you guys stay here and babysit those 60 migrants that are waiting on their bus and their plane tickets, and I'll go secure the border since you're not allowed to. They're absolutely disgusted at the state of affairs at the border. Uh, is it true that three, is it 3,000 migrants, I call them illegal aliens, I'm sick of calling them migrants, but illegal aliens, Me too. do they come through that whole, what, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, what is it? Oh, on a weekly basis. I mean, there was at, at some point there was 500 to 1,000 coming through per day. That's just one of three holes. Um, tomorrow, actually, we're going to go find the other two holes and patch them up as well. I mean, why stop uh, with one hole? I mean, as you can see, migrants from all over the world, the illegal aliens are flooding our borders like it's nothing. I mean, this is the United States of America. We we have to have a congressional candidate go to the Home Depot and get some razor wire. I mean, you can't. It, it would be really hilarious if this wasn't our country at stake. Kate, thank you for doing what you're doing. Good luck out there. Kate Monroe, a woman of action. Kate, you've been organizing border veterans to do what you're doing, taking action. Talk to us about that. It was really exciting. I first went out, as you can see, you know, Laura had it on Fox, but then a bunch of other veterans saw me and I realized that they had actually been going out to illuminate the problem at the border. But when we connected, they said, how did we go to the border and not think to bring razor wire? Like this is totally in our power. And they were so impressed with the fact that I took that took action. We actually went with 11. So one, just I turned into 11 people in the same week. And we went and secured um, about 20 feet of open border uh, with about 800 feet of razor wire. It's something I'm really proud of. Those veterans were super stoked to be out there securing the nation. You know, we need to rely more on our nation's veterans, I think. So I think they were excited. And we've had about 500 people reach out for the next visit when we go down to the border. So it's it's picking up steam and momentum. And, and it's something that I'm very proud of uh, as a Marine Corps vet. Now, you uh, actually forced the resignation uh, of one of the most powerful Democrats uh, in San Diego. We've got a video on that. Let's uh, talk about your uh, holding Nathan Fletcher to account. Yeah, it's um, something that I was asked to do by the veteran community here in San Diego. He uh, assaulted a young woman, or it was said that he did, and he tried to use his military PTSD to say, well, you know, uh, unfortunately, my trauma, you know, from my PTSD 
forced me to go take these horrible actions against this young woman. And veterans were like, how dare you um, weaponize your PTSD to get out of a situation that you got yourself into? I mean, should our um, kids and our wives and our friends now be worried that they're going to get assaulted? And I just said, this is something that I'm very passionate about because I deal with helping veterans every day that have PTSD. And I said, I'm going to go down there and do a very, very fiery press conference to ensure that he does in fact resign. I was called to do that by hundreds of veterans here in San Diego. And I was, and it's another thing I'm very proud of. Like I want to show people, you don't have to be silent on issues and just watch things happen. You need to step up. It's you. That's the solution. I'm trying to be a solution provider and a leader here in my community. Tell us about uh, the incumbent that you're challenging. He's uh, on the uh, uh, military affairs committee, uh, the armed services committee, I guess it is. But unlike you, he's not even a veteran. Yeah, he, uh, Mike Levin, he's been seated. This would be his third go round. If we had put somebody else up against him other than Brian Marriott, I'd like to think we had already have that seat back. It was a veteran sitting in that seat. So the left is very smart in the way that they play politics. They're very good at playing politics. They, they're playing chess while we're playing checkers. And they put him on the Veteran Affairs Committee so that he could stand on the accomplishment of anything that gets done by that committee. Well, Good luck to you, sir, proving here in CA 49 that you're a moderate Democrat when, in fact, you are very far left. In fact, you are like the Biden of California. You are very far left. You vote left of Elon Omar. And there's no way that he's going to trump me on the issue of veterans is absolutely not going to happen. I can say one, I am a Marine Corps veteran. So there's that. I'm the CEO of vetcom.us. We did more than half a billion dollars for veterans and their families. So there's no way you're going to stand toe to toe with me on this issue. I really think it's only Kate that can unseat him. You can't just look at the primary Republican voters. Look at the general election. Who can actually unseat Mike Levin? And I'm going to tell you what right now, it's me. Uh, now, am I correct that this district includes uh, Camp Pendleton, the Marine base? It does. And Camp Pendleton is the largest Marine Corps base on planet Earth. It has 60,000 uh, members there on that base. And it's also the highest instance of veterans in the entire country. And so I think I'm going to perform very well here, you know, on those two things, not those two things alone, but it will certainly help me in my race. Uh, now, another, uh, well, uh, Troy, do you have a question for the dynamic, Kate Monroe? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, when you did when you did this and you, you went to the border and you actually sealed up, did you have a lot of, uh, you know, I know you talked about veterans uh, offering to help and stuff like that. Did you have a lot of common people, too, that reached out that were also looking to do the same thing? Because it's so powerful. Oh, my gosh. Vet like, not just veterans, but regular everyday citizens in San Diego and across the nation. We have had people offer to fly here, offer to send boxes of razor wire. We have had citizens all across the United States want to be involved. And it just goes to show you that if you go out and get something done, it's like people are so desperate for the leadership and the help. It's like like striking a match in a dead forest, right? It spread like wire, wildfire. We went viral. It's been shared millions of times. I think people are excited to learn that you, in fact, can be the solution. You yourself can go do stuff. I hope that this inspires an awakening in our country. Kate, you've also been very active uh, on the issue of San Diego's, what you call the hidden homeless. Uh, I think we have a, a video here from you at 
K-U-S-I. Can we roll that? When you incentivize homelessness, you get more homelessness. Don't take my word for it. Listen to them. Politicians, they don't even live down here, so they don't really know. So they, they throw money at the problem, but they kind of got to get their hands dirty to really find out what the people really need. Because we've done a good job hiding it and making our voter constituency believe that we're actually working on it, they've got away with just sweeping it under the rug. So the politicians don't want to solve the problem. They just want to cut the checks to their friends and then claim they're being compassionate. You stay classy, San Diego. And the veteran that um, Fox Digital interviewed, she said, you have to look at all of these individuals differently. Some have just lost their jobs and you can easily get them off the street in housing and back in the workforce. Some are mentally ill. Some are mentally ill with drug and alcohol addictions. Some are uh, just addicted that you have to, you cannot look at them with a broad brush and they just keep them on the street, these governments. That's the light that Kate Monroe, who uh, created these videos, went out, spoke to these people, really shines on this. She's the CEO of Vetcom a San Diego business with a nonprofit arm that helps uh, the homelessness, uh, homeless veterans uh, find housing uh, and, and disability compensation, the things they need. A Marine Corps veteran, she did a spectacular job bringing this to our attention. And also she, she draws attention to the breadth of the issue across California, that it's not just San Francisco that we talk about so often. This is San Diego, that surrounding area down there. And it shows how, how wide the breadth of the issue is there across California. And we've all, we have highlighted it in other cities like, like Philadelphia. Delphia and Chicago as well. If you fix the problem, these cities will no longer have these budgets, said a homeless person in Portland. Uh, there's a woman named Mary Monroe who runs a homeless veterans organization in San Diego who actually went out to talk to the community and she's put forward a plan to deal with this, which I thought seemed so smart and basically to designate people by why they are homeless. To start with the people that are the easiest to get off the street, which are people who've just fallen on financial hard times, then go to people with mental health issues, then drug issues. Does, what about implementing plans like that all over the country? Um, and I actually have a really decent solution, I think, uh, if anybody would listen. I'm listening. Fire away. So what I think, you know, sanction camping is the next step for people, you know, just banning encampments and where are they going to go? That makes no sense. We need to provide that solution. You know, I'm, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, so I know that we could easily build a beautiful, call it home sweet home. You know, we could provide them six pillars that they need, which would be, uh, it would be sanctioned. It would be sanitary, which they don't have now. It would be safe, which they don't have now. Secure, they would have sustenance and services. If you build infrastructure around them, you know, the the military can build huge infrastructure for thousands of people in less than three days. I think that we could do that here in San Diego for a tenth of the cost that we're going to spend on these hotels, because my feeling is, you know, transition without transformation is an absolute nightmare, waste of time, uh, energy and taxpayer dollars. Speaking of taxpayer dollars, boy, the homeless industrial complex really makes money off of this problem with huge salaries to the executive. And to your point, Kate, the homeless are still out on the streets not getting the help that they need. Hopefully people like you bring down that homeless industrial yeah. complex because this is really taking a toll not just on residents of San Diego, but residents in every city, in every country, in our great country. Kate Monroe, keep it up. Thank you. I know that, you know, this whole thing is about solutions. Yes. Can you then give us an idea of what solutions you recommend? 
The solution I recommend is something I've kind of been nicknaming um, Home Sweet Homeless. And we need to do sanctioned camping in San Diego. We need, there's so much open land. There's a lot of defunct uh, KOA campgrounds. If we got everybody in one place, we bucketize them. We could get, you know, all the people into mm -hmm. this transitionary housing who want jobs, get them gone first. The next batch, we can get mm -hmm. them into rehab. We can get them all of the um, health services that they need and get them going. But putting them in Balboa Park is not safe for our public. It's not safe for right. them. Putting them in hotels is just going to lead to their suicide. That Those two are not the answer. And moving them anywhere under California law is going to be a very tough ordeal. Very but difficult. Great work on your part. Kate Monroe, thank you for coming in. Best thank of you. luck to you. Appreciate you. Um, Kate, I want to go to you. Is it any better in San Diego? No, it's, it's absolutely not any better here in San Diego because all of the mayors of all of the cities have the same philosophy. You know, as you said previously, we spend a lot of money on the problem. We spend very little of it, though, on the solution. There's not enough stick and carrot. There's not enough teeth um, in the adjudication of what you're supposed to be doing when you are homeless, and there's not enough incentive for them to go there. They may go there temporarily. They're coming right back. You know, when I was in San Diego, it was very unsafe for us. My a friend of mine, uh, Kevin Dahlgren, got beat up after us being out of the car for four minutes. So, no, it is not any better here in San Diego. So can you explain what you mean by the stick and carrot to our audience? Yeah, the, the stick and carrot, I mean, really all there is right now is a carrot. Here's some food, here's some drugs. We're going to let you live your lawless life on the street. There's just a bunch of carrots. It's a basically do whatever you want to do. It's the Wild West. There is no stick, though, because we don't actually have the budget, uh, the space in any of the jails, uh, the police uh, being allowed to actually do their jobs. And so there really is no stick. And without the two of them working in unison, you're not going to solve this problem. Yeah. On this 4th of July, um, I hope for better for California and that um, the leaders get their acts together because... Uh, you guys deserve better, and everyone else in California deserves better as well. Thank you so much for joining our program tonight. Folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Kate Monroe. She is the only military veteran running for Congress in the 49th District of California. She's challenging Mike Levin, who poses as a moderate but votes the far-left progressive agenda. Uh, if elected, Kate Monroe would be the first uh, woman Marine veteran elected to the U.S. Congress. Uh, she would uh, oversee uh, Camp Pendleton, which is in her district. Uh, she is also, as you can see, uh, a woman of action. Uh, Kate, you've already put together legislation even before getting elected to Congress to bring really uh, substantial reform. Tell us about that. Yeah, so in looking at the recruiting crisis we have here in our nation, we only doubled down on making it harder to get young kids in by making college free, right? That is the worst possible thing that we could have done for recruiting because any of the kids that would have gone in for that particular reason are now saying, I'll just go do something easier. I'll just go to college for free or not even go to college. And so I was looking at this issue and I said, what would be a better thing? Like, what do kids nowadays want to do? Well, they want to be entrepreneurial. They want to be young CEOs or trying to be influencers. So I said, what if we could pivot and use those GI Bill funds to start a business? So I got with the team here in San Diego and we started to work through building the framework of the Veteran Entrepreneur Act, which would let you use your GI Bill funds to run or start a business. And it's 
again, it's just another thing that I'm so proud of as a business owner myself. It's so meaningful to me to employ people. It gives me purpose. I'd like to solve problems. And I wanted to gift that to our veteran community. And that bill has already been introduced. So I have already done in a way, a lot of congressional work. Many Congress uh, people never ever craft a bill. They might sign on to a bill or be in a, a meeting where a bill is being done, but they're not necessarily the person coming up with the solution. I had to go back and forth to DC to get bipartisan bicameral support for this bill. And it's just another, I feel like feather in my cap to show people you don't have to get on the job training in Congress. It is ridiculous for us to expect taxpayers to fund your on the job training to figure out how to do Congress. I'm not one of those that's going to say, I'm going to be a freshman in Congress and I'll figure it out when I get there. I've already figured it out. I can go to work on day one and do the work today. That's who you need to be voting for. Uh, now, Kate, you have also very strongly and very boldly uh, endorsed Donald Trump for president. Uh, how does that how does that play in your district? Well, how do people react to that? Well, I think it's a misconception that here in California, it's an entirely blue state. It's actually 50-50 voter reg. And I think it will inspire more of the Republicans to turn out. I also think it's bo it's it bodes well for me because everyone who does like Trump is going to see that clearly I'm on team Trump as well. But what I really am is on the team of when we were safer, when we were richer, when our country was in a better spot. And I and I don't necessarily think it's me just going like, hey, you know, vote for Trump. It's, hey, look back, get in the time machine. Remember when you were safer, had more money in your bank account, when gas was cheaper, just when the country was running better, when we were not facing three world wars. That's what I want to challenge people with. I also am not a lukewarm person. If you ask Kate a question, you're going to get an answer. And when people say, are you going to vote for Trump? I say, I absolutely am. And so are you. Let's stop playing pretends out here in America. Uh, Kate, uh, I think most people know that running for Congress is an extraordinarily expensive endeavor. Uh, media is expensive. Uh, postage is expensive for your voter mailings. Uh, people can go to kateforcongress.com. Let's throw that up if we could. kateforcongress.com where they can make a generous contribution. You're running a grassroots campaign. Uh, and uh, well, I think it was Jess Unruh, the late speaker of the California Assembly, who said money is the mother's milk of politics. So folks, if you like uh, what you see and hear from Kate Monroe, uh, a bold, extraordinary candidate for Congress, someone who is tackling uh, the illegal migrant issue, uh, the uh, the abuse of our veterans, uh, as well as the homeless crisis uh, in San Diego. Interestingly enough, homelessness in San Diego has dropped dramatically uh, since Kate Monroe uh, took the lead on this issue. So uh, please uh, go to kateforcongress.com. There it is again, and make a generous contribution. Also, if you're interested in her efforts uh, at the border, you can go to bordervets.org, uh, bordervets.org, and you can join Kate Monroe uh, in that citizen effort to secure our border. Uh, I I've interviewed uh, a lot of congressional candidates here at the Stone Zone. I have many, many uh, people asking for endorsements. I have never seen a more dynamic candidate nor a more dynamic campaign 
than that being run by Kate Monroe. She has an excellent chance to win this seat. Her opponent, uh, Mike Levin, uh, poses as something he's not. Uh, I think uh, this is going to be uh, a, a red victory uh, on election night. Troy, uh, do you have a final question for Kate Monroe? Uh, yes, uh, going into this uh, you know, election, I think people are really having a lot of problems uh, monetarily. They don't have a lot of money and they go into the store, things have gotten so expensive. If you were elected to Congress, what's gonna be your angle in attacking the inflation that's gotten so out of control? I'm actually so glad you brought this up because it's another solution I've been working on. I've been crafting legislation called the Performance-Based Funding Act. I don't think it's good for our nation to pay and pray and hope problems are fixed because that's what we do now. That's how you have um, the homeless industrial complex, right? The worse you do fixing homelessness, the more money you get. So I think every single dollar should one, be accounted for, but two, be given out in stages. You would realize that most of the funding that goes out wouldn't go past payment number one because those that are in most of these things like fixing homelessness don't actually do it. I think performance-based funding would help tremendously. One, it would stop and cut a ton of waste. Waste is the reason that you see everything being more expensive. You have to keep taxing people to death if you don't spend their money appropriately. That is legislation that I want to put forth, and I would like it to be tacked on to every single federal nickel, whether it be um, in grant money or otherwise. All right. I'm afraid we have to leave it there. Uh, Kate Monroe, dynamic, extraordinary candidate for Congress, Great honor to have you with us today. Again, kateforcongress.com, kateforcongress.com. Please send a generous contribution. Uh, this is participatory democracy in a constitutional republic, and Kate needs your support to push on to victory. Kate Monroe, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for the having Stone me. Zone. I appreciate Delighted. it. Delighted to see you again. All right, uh, folks, uh, look, um, let's be very candid. We have to keep the lights on here uh, at the Stone Zone. Uh, and therefore, I'm very, very picky and choosy about the products that I recommend. There is one natural supplement that I can honestly say has changed my life, uh, and that is Cardio Miracle. Now, Cardio Miracle uh, is uh, nitric oxide. It's a proprietary blend. Nitric oxide is one of the body's most potent antioxidants. It's a short-lived gas that's normally produced in the walls of the arteries and the veins. As you get older, your production levels drop. Nitric oxide is essential for life. It's involved in many critical body functions, but particularly keeping blood pressure and cholesterol uh, at healthy levels, uh, supporting the inflammatory uh, response. Uh, it is vital for a healthy heart. Uh, and for me, it has given me enormous energy and better recovery time. Uh, between the daily broadcasts of the Stone Zone and my WABC radio show, I'm putting in long, long hours. Uh, and I have found that Cardio Miracle not only gives me a sense of well-being, uh, but it gives me enormous energy. And I know uh, that it is healthy for my hearts and my circulatory system. So you take it twice a day in just a tiny capsule uh, mixed with water or juice, kind of tastes like raspberry. Uh, you can go order this terrific product by going to cardiomiracle.com, cardiomiracle.com, and using promo code STONE, promo code STONE. 
We really do uh, need your support to keep the lights on. But you, in the meantime, get one of the most important uh, and I think valuable natural supplements out there. Now, I'm not a doctor. And I don't claim to be one. But I do know that they have a proprietary blend of nitric oxide uh, as well as other important antioxidants. So you can actually take this in lieu of your daily vitamin uh, and you will get the full complement of antioxidants. It's very powerful. It's very inexpensive uh, and it's a very, very beneficial. Once again, cardiomiracle.com. Please use promo code STONE when you go there. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to wrap up here with my uh, co-host, uh, Troy Smith. Troy, tell us about your new website, your new website, Slingshot. Well, Roger, I wanted to make a place where America could come to see what's going on in the country. And I think we get hit over the head with the politics stuff so much. And so much of what occurs in politics, as Breitbart said, is downstream from culture. So we wanted to create a place uh, basically, me and 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 a lot of the people that I've been working with over the last couple of years, we want to create a place um, where America could get uh, a good source of news that isn't going to be tainted with leftist stuff, but also isn't going to be a hundred percent political. And that's what we have with Slingshot uh, News that people can check out. I'm proud to report, Roger. We've already got over 340 followers on uh, uh, Facebook just in the last couple of days, so we're growing pretty well. Um, and we are publishing at least six to seven articles a day, basically about politics, about uh, viral things, breaking things, uh, entertainment things, every, everything basically under the sun uh, you can find at slingshot.news. And, and I want to point out, too, for all of our political people here, um, that's not going to be hidden. It's not going to be um, you know, put on the back burner. We're still going to cover stuff and it's still going to be investigative journalism. Um, but at the same time, we're going to have a very nice mix of things. And I think we're going to see this uh, grow as time goes on. So I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to plug this, Roger. It's slingshot.news, slingshot.news. Share the links, bookmark the page, do anything you can do at this point to help us grow our reach. We are on Twitter, Facebook. You can find us uh, under Slingshot News. All right. Many thanks to my uh, co-host, uh, Troy Smith. Uh, we, of course, uh, continue to be brought to you by our good friends at MyPillow.com. I uh, can't get let Jack Posobiec, who I'm going to be with tomorrow on Human Events, uh, get a leg up on me. So please go by MyPillow.com. Now, if you thought that MyPillow was just about pillows, well, that's wrong. Uh, you can go to MyPillow and use promo code STONE, whether it is the towels uh, or the blankets uh, or the bed sheets or the dog beds or the pet blankets uh, or any of the great products. You can support Mrs. Stone and I. You can support the Stone Zone. You can support Mike Lindell. Please go by MyPillow, and when you do, use promo code STONE. In the meantime, I'm Roger Stone. This has been the Stone Zone. Thanks again to Kate Monroe, terrific candidate for Congress, and we will see you tomorrow.